Merry fucking Christmas. Welcome to the uh, In the Abyss. The, yeah, shut the fuck up. Um, welcome to the In the Abyss staff Christmas party um, or awards night or whatever you want to call it, you know, in a, uh, a, a secret exclusive location, um, otherwise known as my spare room. Some of us are on, some of us aren't. Some of us are at school discos and, and other such things, but um, most of us are here. We're going to look back at 2022 as a year in metal, the good bits, the bad bits, um, the bell ends, and, you know, a few, few clangers sort of thrown in for good measure. So, you know, no script, no mercy. Let's just get on with it. And for the last time in 2022, evening cunts. Hello. Good evening. <laughs> Hello. Good evening. Yeah. How are you all? Uh, four of us are freezing our fucking tits off, whereas the other one is, uh, is, is bathing in mid-20 degree heat. I actually went swimming the other day. The fucking water's still 20 degrees. Wow. But it's like the fucking grim frostbit in North here. Oh. Oh, Kurt Russell chasing a dog earlier. <laughs> that's a very um that's a very niche reference, that. One for the best. Yeah, well, yeah. So yeah, anyway, what are we um what are we doing tonight? So we're looking back at, at 2022, aren't we? And sort of, you know, some of our favorite albums, you know, top one, two, three, maybe even a top ten, see how much time we've got. Um you know, band of the year, live gigs, uh, which which will bring me on to talking about Anna Nathrak and Sai on Wednesday night. Great way to round off the year. Um, and some of the, the sort of less positive things as well. Some of the overhyped stuff of the year and all that kind of shit. So has it been a good year for metal? Bearing in mind that COVID's over and live music's back properly and all that kind of shit. Do we think it's been a good year? I do. I think that I think what you just said there is probably the, the most significant point is we've, we're back. You know, there's like the restrictions on gigs, which, yeah, we came out of lockdown and there was there was still a little bit of restriction and and it just felt a bit uncomfortable being in yeah. crowds, things like that. A very different atmosphere, whereas I'd say for the most part, that's completely dissipated now. And I think it's back to that, you know, hordes of people squashing into rooms lots of loud noise and everyone's having fun so i think this is the first year where it's felt like it's back to what we really enjoy yeah 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 <clears throat> there's been some um there's genuinely been some great gigs this year as well some of my you know some of my favorites really like you know this week was one of them um and i think a lot of it is because we were starved with music for so long starved with live music for so long that getting it all back it almost feels like a bit of a privilege even um, even watching you lot in the confines of a, you know, sweaty little pub, it's, uh, you know, it feels good, even though you fucking deafened me. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, we should have a little toast to the, the Krampus rumpus. It was, yeah. uh, it was yeah, a good day, but like you said, it was, you know, it was a full house, it was packed. It was, um, yeah, a lot of fun. It was ear-splittingly loud. It was, it was fucking hell, I'm just about yeah. recovering. Yeah, I'm... I mean, I had earplugs in as well, just because of where I was standing, and I'm only just getting back to normal now. Yeah, it was, uh, but you know, it's worth it. If it's too loud, you're too old. You're too old. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, well, well, um, were, were, were people, were people like, had they been listening to the podcast? Was that of interest? Yeah, there's a few people I spoke to. Um, we didn't get too much of a chance to uh, to sort of put the word out there. Um, we had a few issues with sound, trying to get a microphone hooked up and stuff like that early on, but. Sandman was getting frustrated, so it kind of went by the wayside. But um, but yeah, I spoke to a few people. So everyone I spoke to, anyone who is listening, you know, thanks for all the kind words. Um, shout out to Alex Palmer, especially. Um, yeah, it's um, it was it was it's nice to hear. 
nice to hear some some good feedback. Yeah, uh, Anthony did a, did a great job uh, having a little DJ sets in between bands. Nice selection. Yeah, I thought that was uh, I thought that was fun. Yeah, we did we did all right. Myself and Trigenza put a few old bangers on. There's a few few got a bit of a singing on, didn't they? Yeah, definitely. When you're uh, when you're chucking on things like Mighty Wings by Cheap Trick, yeah, and uh, you can suddenly see the these sort of hardened metalers down the bar who have you know well lubricated by that point are uh, you know grooving away and loving every second of it. It's, it's, yeah, it's always good to see. Rebel Yell got a, got a good uh, good bit of a response, and uh, I did as it always will journey on later. That seemed to go all right. So I don't even remember that. No, you'd gone. Oh, and I are oh, right. Okay. Fair yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I've got to put journey on before I go. So right, fair enough. So go talking about that. Let's 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 go over everyone's favourite gig of the year. Then Rovers have been to a few gigs and that. Any sort of standouts, Wolfman? Anything in particular? Um, I well, I got two. I got Behemoth at um, Bloodstock. Yes. For, for the sheer stage show, not yes. necessarily music. And um, Bean and I, we went to see Skid Row the other month, and they were absolutely brilliant. They are so their new singer is astounding. Like it's it's one of those gigs in, in a first of a long time where you go where I came away from it and I was like, right, next time they're over, I'm get, gonna get tickets straight away and go and see them because they were absolutely fantastic. Can I can I just ask you a question? Mm-hmm. Did the youth go wild? They did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there wasn't too much of the youth about, but uh, did Axel Rose turn up like three hours later? And go, I was taking a shot. <laughs> that reminds me. So I saw Skid Row back in. It would have been ninety uh, four or Subhuman Race. Was it ninety four or ninety six? Somewhere around the mid nineties. Yeah, yeah. ninety five, I think. And they played the um, the Astoria, and they came on like hours late. And apparently, the story they they, they didn't. They didn't release this at the time, but it came, it transpired that one of them was stuck on the bus. Like the, the, <laughs> the oh, door, this, this was the story that got put put out there. The, the bus on the door was stuck and Sebastian Bach couldn't get off the bus. So that, that, it's a oh, fuck you now. That's even that's even worse than the um the Jerry Cantrell story when he turned up a day late for an Alison Chain show because he thought there was 31 <laughs> days in November. So, you know. This, see, kids don't take drugs. This is what happens. Yeah, yeah you know. But uh, that, that was it was a, it was a great show, and it's good to see them. I don't know. You can tell they're energized. You know, they've got yeah. they've just fallen into a groove, and everything seems to be sort of pointing in the right direction, firing on all cylinders, however you want to put it. They just seem to <laughs> hit this gear that I think is going to be really good for them. Uh, and it was it was a fun gig, and it was it was just good to see them. How did the new stuff sound live? Because it's, it's a strong album. It just narrowly missed out my top 10, to be honest. I think it was pretty good. I think there was about three songs, I think, from what I remember. It was, yeah, they sounded great. They didn't sound actually very good. Yeah, it was very, I mean, it was pretty much only the first two albums. You know, the, the rest of the set was the first two albums. Um, and uh, yeah, just as Kieran said, I think they chucked in yeah, a couple of uh, um, new ones. Didn't go, but it all sounded good. When your first two albums are as strong as theirs were and the rest of the back catalogue, you know, it isn't quite as, it isn't quite as strong, is it? So, you know, new singer, all of that, you kind of want to, you want to, you want that instant appeal with people, don't you? You know, so that familiarity, I think. So it's probably the right move. 
Yeah. Although I, I'm a huge fan of Subhuman Race. I think it's a great album. So I was a bit disappointed not to hear like Beat Yourself Blind, songs like that. Um, but there you go. Yeah, you can't be happy all the time. But um, but I'll go talking of Behemoth Wolfman as well. I mean, I we we talked about it before, obviously we, on the you know review show of Bloodstock and how a band that you're not you're just not fussed about the music so much, but when but a live performance like that, it, it, they they were they were awesome, weren't they? But I still can't, and I've tried since. I still can't get into them just listening to them, whether it's in the car, sat at home, whatever it is, I still can't quite get into them in the same way. Yeah. It's quite mono. I, I found towards the end of the set, uh, it was dragging a bit. It was a bit monotone. It was like, there was no variation. Everything's tending to sort of mesh into one sort of group. <laughs> most most songs yeah. are the same pace, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. 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 But you know, can't take away from the the performance. It was you know, it, it was it was awesome. Worthy headliners. Yes. You know, Interesting. Okay. You know, they they put out a new record this year, and I think I gave it a couple of plays. No, there's nothing that drew me back into it. So I no. don't, you know, and I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it since since its release. So it doesn't seem to have made much of an impact at all. Well, with Behemoth, everyone always talks about the Satanist, don't they? And I can't, again, I can't get into it. I can't. No. I've tried. I, just, I think I think you're right. Maybe maybe if you see it live, it's better. But I'm just like, there's just something about it. It doesn't grab me. It's well, they've developed I'm, as a live I'm, band, like, like massively. Because when I saw them 10, 11 years ago, I, I was bored shitless watching them live as well. But this time round, they they were incredible. I'm not. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just. It's just one of those things. It's yeah, it's, it's yeah, subjective. Yeah. Because it's not for me. I mean, you talk. You guys talk about fucking gigs. I haven't been to a gig since 2000. And, it's for Lamb of God in Seoul, 2011. Wow. Jesus fucking Christ. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll skip over you then. I find it difficult to talk about um, Behemoth and the front man Nurgle because it sounds like something off a magic roundabout. <laughs> <laughs> if only Nurgle was in the magic roundabout. I think Corpse Paint would have uh, would have just been have the, you guys, the, you know, the defining touch. Have you guys seen the, the, the singer? I think it's the singer from Amon Amarth and he does cooking videos now. Oh, right. Uh, I've not seen that. Um, it's actually quite cool because, like, you know, obviously they play the music behind it and he goes to like fucking restaurants in New York and stuff. <laughs> it's just <Wow>. like <laughs> maybe like tag it on the playlist or something. It's quite funny, actually. He, is he, he knows what he's talking about. He's obviously, is it all, um, is it all like you know, raw moose meat and, and no, stuff it's like, like that. fucking Michelin starred restaurants and stuff, really. Well, well, not, that, maybe, maybe not Michelin style, but like, you know, proper restaurants or like, you know, really good like deli places and stuff like that. And It's not very metal, is it? Um, I, I've still got that, um, the article that I want to do at some point next year. I think it's on like, it, it, it's actually an academic article, but it's on hamburgers and metal. And I read it and it's fucking interesting. No, seriously, we've got, we've got to do it. It's going to be cool. All right, we'll come back to that. Um, Anthony, live um, this year. Yeah, I mean, I've yeah, I've not thrown myself back into the uh, gig world this year. Hopefully, that will change next year. But um, it's been a it's been a few few gigs, uh, handful of gigs I've attended. I mean, it, it, therapy back in March, March April. I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was that was memorable because that was the first rock gig in you know two two years, two and a half years, whatever it yeah. was. I don't yeah. know at this point. Quite fine. Um, oh God knows. Yeah, who knows. 
Uh, two and a half years. So that that was that was good at the ballroom. Um, I mean, I'd seen churches a couple of weeks before, so that was my first proper gig back. But that's not metal. But um, I think as a standout this year, and it's it's going to come down to the size of the venue and hopefully where they're going in the future. I, th- I think Tell Gunner at the Dev stands out for me. Mm. Um, yeah. Small venue. And that was the first metal, proper metal gig I've been to, I think, for ages. I mean, in 2019, I saw Ghost and Kiss. And as great as they were, you know, we're not talking a thrill a minute. Um, I can't remember seeing... <laughs> what are they like live? Great, just Tell Gunner. Gunner. Yeah, yeah, just, awesome. Yeah, metal. Sing- the faster they are on record, so... Yeah, I think Wolfman, you're about to say the singer's just unreal, isn't he? Yeah, he can the notes, he was he was just pitch perfect, just like oh, it's just I was literally just I was gobsmacked, just the yeah. the range of that guy's voice. But obviously, I mean you think uh Chiganji, you, you mentioned before he's actually a session singer as well. Yeah, he is, yeah, he's he's a pro, so it, it kind of stands to reason. But you know, it, it, your style has still got to fit the music, isn't it? And it and it it fits and it works really well. I'm, I'm really looking forward to when they, they release a full length album early next yeah. year. Mm. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, that, that was special for that reason. It was summer. It was a, you know, a decent, decent day out and whatnot. And, um, I, you know, I, I think they were getting calls to go back to the dev and they've had to say on Instagram, it's like, no, we can't go back to the dev. We can't give them free gigs at, at that place. We've got to start charging, yeah. Yeah. which is fair. You know, I think it would be fair for them to do somewhere like the underworld in Camden, to be honest, they, yeah. would, they would probably get enough people behind that. No, so yeah, I think I think you're right. I think where they're going over the next, you know, twelve to eighteen months, they'll know that pick up festivals and things next year. You know, they're going to. Um, I think I think Europe will lap them up. Yeah, that's it. I, I think I can't remember last time you know a metal band I was there for right at the beginning to see. Yeah, you know, at least get a decent fan base. So yeah, I yeah. think that stands out for me. I think. Yeah, fair play. I, yeah, I, to be honest, I didn't even think about that one, but you're right. It was, yeah, yeah they were very good. They were very good. Um, Bean, what about yourself? Oh, man, there's been, there's been some, a few good shows. I mean, so Wolfman's talking about Skid Row. That was great because it just, it felt like a real comeback for them. So that, that was exciting. But um, I think a week, a week or two after that, I saw Anthrax. So they did a show. Um, and that was just a really nice, um, I mean, obviously excellent band anyway, but it's seeing a band doing it properly. You know, it, every everyone was giving a hundred percent at that show and you just felt it. You felt that, you know, the band weren't going through the emotions, through the motions at all. You know, they were giving it everything. Crowd were completely feeding off of that. So everyone was involved. You know what I mean? Everyone was into it. So um, that stands out as a real highlight. Great set list. Great set list as well. Can I? Right. Can I? Can I just ask you a question? I remember to to like being because you brought it up. So like one of the guests we've had on in the last year, Rob, said to me once he's interviewed Anthrax, and Anthrax are kind of like unco- he said to me, Anthrax are really uncomfortable with this idea that out of the big four, they're the kind of like humorous silly band. Well, and and like they told him, he said, "You should meet fucking Slayer when they're not on stage. They're like really fucking juvenile." <laughs> like, <laughs> no, no, but so, do you reckon that why have Anthrax got that reputation at the Big Four as being some kind of like Big Four light, almost as it were? Like they're not as serious as the other three. Like, where does that come from? I think probably I'm a man. 
Yeah, I was, that's what I was just about to say. I'm the man is probably the first point. But at the same time, they, they've always had a sort of, well, their lyrics might not necessarily be positive. There's, a, there's more of a bounce to Anthrax's music than, than the rest of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah it go, is a little bit more up-tempo and a bit more, you know, upbeat. Go back to Madhouse, that video. Yeah. 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 It, I think it is always, comedic. Exactly that. They've always worn, you know, their lighter, sort of more humorous influences on their sleeve, you know. Yeah. Even just, yeah, it's, a lot of it's the aesthetic, I think, you know, skate short. Do you think it's a New York thing? Do you think if they, if, do you think if they were Bay Area, they'd be different? A bit more posery, maybe? Yeah, I guess so. No, 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 what I mean is like, so for example, how many New York thrash bands were around at the same time that Anthrax were coming up compared to the Bay Area? Well, you're not even talking about the big, big three, big four. You're talking about Testament, Overkill, other bands like that. I mean, that... Is it the fact that there was maybe the Bay Area scene was more competitive, whereas Anthrax were kind of an outlier in the New York scene? So they couldn't have had the, 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 they had more freedom to do what they wanted because they weren't competing with anyone in the local scene. Maybe nationally, yes, of course they were. But I think um, New York hardcore had an influence on Anthrax in yeah. the early days. You know, Scott Ian is an enormous hardcore fan and he, he grew up with all that music and you can hear that all the way through their career. I think you know, to be so. to be fair, they they weren't thrash at the beginning, were they? I mean, that no. first album yeah. was very much a just a heavy metal, yeah. you know, oh, tryout yeah. album. I mean, they they probably were following the footsteps of um, oh, Riot at that point in time in terms of sounds. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of generic heavy metal bands in New York at, at the time, you know, that and they they they, they tweak their sound and probably yeah, because the hardcore stuff, hardcore stuff, the hardcore stuff just made them more aggressive, I suppose. But the fact that, you know, being like you said, 40 years down the line, they're still they're still blowing people away. Yeah. You know, and it's they, great to see. It's, it's the, you know, you see a lot of bands at that stage in the career who are just, you know, they're rooted to the spot on the stage. They're playing the songs like they're, you know, they've been peeling this stuff out for years and they're just doing it to get it done. Um, Anthrax was something else. You know, they were excited. And it was a, it, it was um, their 40 year celebration as well. So, yeah. it's, well, it, you know, we just mentioned it. It was like an incredible set list that just really went, you know, as far back as that first album. You know, they're still playing tracks off of that. Um, it was, yeah, it really hit hard that gig. So that was that was a, a huge highlight. Yeah, yeah, fair play. And it, it's it's nice to see the old guard still, you know, still stepping up and blowing people away. Um, part of it as well, though, it was that it was like you know these guys are still giving everyone else a run for their money. They, they've they always have been a great live band. Though. I mean, I you know they, they've had a dip in their career and whatnot, but every time I've seen them, whether it's with John Bush or or Belladonna, they've always been good. So yeah, festival whether it's festival stages or or sort of you know academy sized venues, they've they've always been good live. It's a long may it continue. A bit disappointed they've dropped out of Bloodstock next year actually. Yeah, I've got I've got a confession to make. A couple of weeks ago, I was at a house party. You know that night I messaged you, it was like, what time does the podcast start? And you were like, there's no fucking podcast this week, you twat. <laughs> I ended up at a house party and um, we've got quite a lot of new teachers in this year and they're all fucking young, 22, 23, 24, whatever, 26. And I was a bit of an elitist because like one of them pipes up and goes like, oh, I've been to download eight times. And I was like, well, okay, cool, cool. Like, you know, what, what did you see? And like, they started going about, oh, you know, all those old bands. And I was like, what do you mean the bands that if weren't around, you wouldn't fucking listen to this kind of stuff? 
And um, I ended up getting told off by Nat because I was like, do you know what? You're a fucking stone in water. You go to download as many times as you fucking want. You're never going to appreciate it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, <laughs> I'm just like, what, what, did you go there for bullet for my Valentine? You know, like, I'm like, fuck off. Yeah. Oh, oh the old bands. Like, fuck off. Like, you know, the re- I, I was like, the reason why they have downloaded Donington is because of bands like Iron Maiden. Like, that's why it's there. I said, that is this fucking, that's like going to Mecca. It's the spiritual home of fucking yeah, yeah, UK yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, don't fucking start talking down to me. I'm fucking, I've got 20 years on you. Like, you know, I'm just like, fuck off. You're such an elitist pig. No, but what I'm saying is, like, yeah, I was at, I was probably out of order, but at the same time, it's just like, don't fucking characterize all the stuff that's come before as like less, less worth. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you on that. Like, you know, it's just like you either like it or you don't. And if you don't, I'm sorry, you're not. Don't tell me you're fucking metal. And then if when when fucking Megadeth or Slayer come on the fucking MP3 player, you're like, who's this? I'm like, fuck off. You know. You finished? Yeah. Sorry. Um. Yeah. So live gigs this year. Um. I'll talk about Anal Nathrak and Sai on Wednesday night first and foremost. Uh, myself and Bean went to, um, and Sai especially. Anna and Athrak were amazing. We years to see them. You know, missed the chance to see them at Bloodstock in 2012. Um, so it was it was good to finally get to see them. They they were they were incredible, absolutely amazing, just just perfect. You know, blackened death, brummy, extreme, whatever you want to call it. Um, and coming out of uh, metal mosh pit retirement's always always good, but. Sai. Um, I mean, me and Bean have been talking about Sai for the last couple of weeks because I have not been able to get my head around this band at all. Um, Japanese sort of progressive black metal. Wolfman, they're probably up your street. Okay. They're, they're definitely out there. Um, you know, the most recent album that was out this year, I can't remember what it was called. I kind of got into that. It was good. But seeing them live and Bean, you'll back me up on this um, for a three piece that just kind of sloped over here from Japan, do their hour slot and whatnot. They they were they were nothing short of incredible, were they? They're amazing. Really good. So first off, I think there's a sense of occasion about that gig. It was did yeah. they say 12 years? I think they've been 12 yeah, years. Yeah, 12 years since they played in London. Yeah. They've they've traveled to London and played. So that, you know, so there's all that energy that's caught up around that and you know it's a celebration. Um you know the guitar player is carrying a samurai sword. Yeah. I think that helped, uh, you know, and wasn't afraid to just wield it, um, you know, when you just need to take it up a gear. So, you know, that's that's exciting. But, yeah, it was just it was just just a great gig. Yeah. Two bands that sort of really complemented each other in a, in a very weird way. But it it really worked, didn't it? Both had the same length sets. Yeah. You know, it was. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Now, and it, it's, it, I mean, it's going slightly off on a tangent here, but it's it is a topic that has come up. So, if we're talking about 2022, like it's it's a topic that has come up this year. But one thing I noticed about um, about Psy was the use of because they're three piece, but they're using backing tracks. So there's a lot of percussion. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah. other sort of lines that are coming in, and just other bits and pieces that really mm-hmm. augment the sound. But at no point. Did you think no? This isn't a band that are just giving it blood, sweat, and tears, and just yeah. you know, um, that crucial part of the performance was there. You know, this was a band. Um, they even had a, a quite a 
um, significant equipment failure during um, they did a Venom cover right at the end, and it was literally, yeah. literally <laughs> drums and bass, and just the thing are just bellowing out this this track while the guitarist is kind of trying to get his uh, his equipment working, which he did for literally like the final notes of the song. Yeah, that's it, wasn't it? It was funny, um, and and you know uh, the singer burnt a Bible, so of course, yeah, it's always we, nice. How, how could we forget the Bible? <laughs> the Bible burning, um, which there's just not enough. Where's this? Was this in the UK? Yeah, it was in London on Wednesday night. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the same effect in a city like London. Go to fucking Birmingham, Alabama, build a fucking Bible. See how that fucking gets in. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Like, I, I mean, it's all theatre, isn't it? But there's nothing quite like... It reminds me of, um, like, years ago seeing Slipknot and Joey Jordanson be doing the drum solo. And then as, as his drum riser turns and it flips him upside down and it lights up with a big pentagram. And it's just everyone's like... Rah! Like it's always going to get a good reaction. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of cheap satanic imagery goes a long way. Yeah, it certainly does with metal fans. Yeah. So um, yeah, but yeah, that that was uh, that's. I think that's probably my favourite show of the year. Um, the other one that comes close, well, the other two that come close, would be Merciful Fate at Bloodstock, um, because I wasn't expecting them to be as good as they were. I wasn't expecting King Diamond to be as good as he was vocally, um, but they they were amazing. And I think Malevolence is set at Bloodstock as well. Not because it was like, you know, an incredible performance, which it was, they, they were awesome, but it felt like they'd kind of arrived that night. The tent was absolutely rammed full of people. The place was going absolutely fucking nuts. And it was just like 70 minutes, start to finish, balls out, strong song after strong song. And they absolutely fucking nailed it that night. Yeah, they were, they were very good. Yeah, they were incredible. And I think they're, um, you know, some of the tours they've got themselves on in 2023, they're going to go a long way. So, yeah, that's that's my top ones of the year. Um, overhyped band of the year. I know exactly who this is for me, but I'm curious to know what the rest of you think. Machine Head. That fucking concept <laughs> double. I'm sorry, I'm not having it. I'm not still having be- it. Still beating that fucking drum. <laughs> I still haven't heard that album, you know. Choke. On the ashes of your hate. Okay, go and choke on something and do everyone a favour. <laughs> but you, you stay out of this for a second if that's all it's going to be. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm struggling because obviously, you know me, I try and be quite <sighs> voice of reason for a lot of bands. True. But I just, I don't, I just don't get the, um, the attraction of Venom Prison. Okay, that's an interesting one. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I just need to give them a lot more time, but I just, I can't get my head around it for me. I don't know, they're, they're okay. When when I hear Voice of Reason, all I hear is fucking fence sitter. Do I need to Pick mute a you? side. Do I need to mute you, sit you in a corner or something? I know you haven't been on here for about a month, but just fucking sit down. Um, <laughs> um I kind of I kind of get where you're coming from. I, I like Venom Prison, I do, but they're they're a band that I'll listen to an album and then that'll be it it doesn't kind of excite me in the same way yeah i, I see what you mean i just i just seem that they seem to be sort of at top of top of lists in the past yeah and yeah i, I don't know maybe, maybe i need to listen to past albums but yeah I, I i don't know i just um not not for me yeah it's funny actually because i i, I, I didn't really have anyone for this for this this part of the conversation but just hearing you say that it's made me think of spirit box um, and yeah. they're, yeah. which yeah. again, like they're getting a lot of airtime and a lot of people talking about them. 
and it's not clicking with me you know and just like we were saying about venom prison it's not like i don't dislike them i'm not listening to it thinking it's rubbish or anything like that but i i'm struggling to see what it is that elevates them um you know it, into the place that they seem to to be occupying it's when when bands that are championed that much i suppose generate apathy in me but yeah yeah that makes sense yeah that concerns me uh, your point about spirit box is is an interesting one because they really they really are being being hyped like big style i mean the fuss that of them playing their first ever UK show at download this year and, and all this kind of thing. It was like some kind of second coming of a Messiah, but I, yeah, I, I don't get it either. It's, it's a bit new metal You've got a bit of that gent stuff in there, but it, Wolfman's going to say something. You know, I, I can see it. He's stroking his beard. Well, well I think partly, the, partly I think the reason being that the whole hype around them as well was the America's got talent. There was that girl. That girl that, who did, yeah, yeah, yeah. They done yeah. it. She done one of the songs. And yeah. she, I think she eventually got signed to their label or something. Yeah, I, yeah, uh, I do remember that. So I imagine that had sort of, yeah, spurred people's interest. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, 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 I don't get it either. <laughs> it's just, it's I do just, think she's a very good vocalist. I, I think her, like her voice is is really yeah. strong, really powerful, but musically, yeah, it, it just it just isn't quite there. Yeah. Um. And I'm going to throw mine into the mix now, Wolfman, before you talk, because I'm uh, Lorna Shaw. Um, <laughs> again, I saw the uh, I saw the logo and thought, oh, yeah, I like that. And then listened to the music. And then we saw them at Bloodstock as well. And it was a bit a bit image over content, I think. Yeah. And an awful lot of talent, but not a great output. It was a bit soulless. A bit death metally for death metally reasons. I mean, uh, are we are we talking dream theater? Well, not no. I, I mean, it's deathcore, so it's. But it's. Yeah. I don't know Wolfman, you chime in because you're yeah. you're the fret wanker here. So, <laughs> well, I would say I would say in terms of like like you could tell every member of that band is very talented. Yeah, absolutely. And the guitar player, especially, I was I watched the guitar play do this spotless solo, which you know was I thought came close to sort of Petrucci levels of um, talent. Oh, that's 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 twice in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. Sorry. Go <laughs> um, <laughs> for the hat trick. Go yeah, for the hat trick, Wolfman. Yeah, yeah. There is. There is. Um, uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, sorry, with with Lorna Short. Yeah, you. I want. They're they're one of those bands I want to really like, um, but unfortunately, yeah, they are missing something. I. And it's probably a bit of a probably a bit of a blase thing to say but give them a couple of albums i reckon they'll that they might they might come out with something that's you know pretty pretty awesome but yeah they're just they're just a bit yeah not not quite there yet it was a bit forced yeah, yeah. it was all about that bloodstock performance i think because i've listened i've listened to the most recent output and and, and liked it i thought it was really cool um, but there was something really lacking in that performance. It just didn't sound powerful. It didn't sound, I, I, actually, I'll draw this back to what I was just saying about Psy and their use of um, like embellishment and backing tracks and things like that. But take that away and you've still got a raucous band. And then yeah. when we were watching Lorna Shore, it just felt like there's a band that are relying on that technology too much and when it's not quite working or firing it really diminished their power as a band and compared to so many of the bands that played over that weekend 
Um, I think they were one of the ones, you know, I was kind of low key looking forward to them because I thought, you know, because they're riding that wave of hype at the moment, um, but they just sounded weak. Yeah. Are you, are you actually describing you too? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, this, the same description applies, and that, that's the point. You know, you don't go to Bloodstock to watch um, you too. <laughs> I think. I think as well with uh, like being saying about like the backing tracks and everything. I think they need to be de- done with yeah, done with taste. I think yeah, it's like yeah, a lot of this. There was a whole big hoo ha. The other was it Escape the Fate or Falling in Reverse or one of those bands, and they had to cancel the tour because they lost their laptops. Yes, about ten, like ten laptops or something went missing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, I think I think Bean and I, and I think we've had we've had chats about this before as well, but. Yeah, you need to be. There's newer bands versus older bands. I've, I've just rehearsed in the garage, like probably what like we've done. Is is I, you know I can understand the either either side of the argument, but it's like I I feel personally as well on that side of things. If you're playing, you know, being that beholden to 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 a backing track seems a bit. That's the only thing that's sort of like you know, like if something breaks or something goes wrong, you're like, oh, and then then you're stuffed. Yeah, you know, be, being a bit more self reliant, but but saying that, there was like um, I think with Polyphery, there was a viral video that went out, and they have um, in their ears they'd like I think they got like a click track or something, and then the drummer never hears any. I don't think he hears any of the other guitars or anything. Or so. I don't know what he's got a weird sounds out basically. Completely went out, and the the, the drum tech actually had to tap the back of his leg to keep him and he but but from him doing that he actually kept the all the band going and kept everything in time you know it's yeah there's a there's a lot there's got a big debate about what to you know what 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 the what are the right parameters because otherwise yeah it, it can come across a bit stale as well in terms of performance as well so yeah, yeah. I, think yeah. That's the, I think that's the thing with Lorna Shaw it was just stale it did you know yeah. like you want a big exciting rock show and <laughs> um they they sounded um they just kind of sounded smaller than all of the other bands on that yeah. on that yeah. stage yeah the sound the sound on the main stage all weekend was was solid wasn't it there was very few i, I can't remember anybody that actually sounded shit i think generally it was it was really good even for like the, the bands lower on the bill yeah um yeah. Actually, on that point so- talking about good gigs i tell you one band that i thought sounded amazing was ginger um now yeah I've never seen them before, not really knowing too much about them. Um, that was an incredible performance, and it just sounded huge. Mm. Very emotional too, wasn't it? You know, this is understandable. But of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was... A, Which I think adds to the whole occasion. Ukraine flags in the crowds, you know, yeah. there was a clear show of support there, you know, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was very cool. It was very cool. So, yeah, look, Lorna Shaw got a massive following and they're going to go a long way. They're going to be huge. There's no doubt about that. And you know what? If if younger metal fans are getting into Lorna Shaw and then that helps them discover other stuff, brilliant. You know, it's um, they might just be a, not a gateway band, but, you know, a, a way in because, yeah, there's, there's, there's so much out there on offer. So. I think, that, or actually, I thought, well, Vended, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, Corey yeah, Taylor's band. Yeah, that, that no. Again, yeah. that was very forced, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. you, you know, but don't get it. I don't get it. There's like, it's, 
it's like a false intensity. It's it's just doesn't seem genuine. Yeah. Mm. You know, like like watching Anna Nathrak on Wednesday, that's like one brummy and, and essentially session musicians. But there was an intensity about that because they were all fully invested in it. And that's I think that's that's the difference. It's it's interesting you say that. I mean, there's I think it happens every now and again when sons and or or children of rock stars form their own bands, but you're talking about people who have grown up financially comfortable. Yeah. So there's going to be a very, very different approach to music. That's uh, true. Than their parents did, who, you know, might have come from absolutely nothing in terms of background. So Well, your working class roots of yeah. heavy metal, you know? Yeah, you can't you can't say that Mr. Young Cron, whatever his surname is, was deprived as a child. It's both of them. It's Corey Taylor's son and Sean mm. Crayon's son, isn't it? It's yeah. just the two of them. So yeah, yeah, I think that's a fair point. It's um, yeah, you know, New York hardcore sounds the way it does for a reason. Black metal sounds the way it does for a reason. And if you can go straight into a state of the art studio and lay down a perfect sounding album right from the start, then yeah, isn't necessary. I don't know. Maybe that's being a little bit. Elitist. I think I think the exception. I don't know, but maybe the exception is is drummers because if you think of elan rubin he's had a decent career um you know he's he, and, and, you know what does he do which is quite it's necessary but you know you can sort of take that into a lot of different things and he's he's done that yeah that's he's fair done point. that without any fanfare really yeah, so that's a fair point um should we talk about albums of the year because this is a a massively contentious why not you know who wants to go first because this, okay. this was tough whittling this down to 10. I, I sent you guys that, that, that WhatsApp message a few weeks ago. Like, give me something. And Bean, your list, right, was great. I really fucking liked that Grand Mal band that you recommended. And I'm putting that forward because I've listened to it all week and I fucking love it. The guy can sing. There, there are interesting riffs. I like the intros. Um, yeah, um, I'm. I, I the, the thing is, it's like you guys can joke. Oh, you know, um, we did the podcast to get part of it to listen to new stuff, <laughs> and most of the new stuff I've listened to, new stuff for me, is 2019, 2020. So to pick an album for this year, for 2022, I'm. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm still catching up. For so, for example, for me. Like I did the, the, the Spotify rap thing the other day. The number one band I've been listening to this year, or since March, since I got Spotify, is Lowest Creature. Number two is Power Trip. And then there's the usual suspects in there. But that, that Grand Mal album, that's fucking good. And I'm really impressed with it. Um, the, the, the new Lamb of God album is pretty sweet. Um, but there's something about that, like, that Grand Mile album, it's just like, there's so much stuff going on there that, you know, th th there are so many different influences. Like, and it, it, it's fucking quality. Like, I mean, like, thanks for pointing that out to me, man. It's like, it's they, I mean, they, they have put out a blinder. That's And actually, the, 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 the band, from what I understand, um, there are two brothers in that band and, and they've got such a prolific output as well. They do, there's another band called Desert Storm and that's kind of based around the, um, some like shared members with Grand Mal and, um, and another band called Wall, um, as in 
brick wall w-a-l-l um which is like an instrumental two-piece again the, the guys from the grand mail um playing in that as well and it just seems to be certainly over the last few years in lockdown in particular like wall was like a lockdown project just a lot of music coming out from those guys so uh plenty to dig into i will, I will say as well the malevolence album is fantastic yeah it's great um, i'm going to put that up there as well so for like so for because grandma was still like an underground band yeah yeah essentially yeah. essentially right okay that's my underground band of the year that malevolence album in my my wife matt likes punk ska punk and stuff and she's been she's even said she goes some of those fucking breakdowns of his quality and like you know even if she doesn't love it she can be like i get what, what that band are trying to do and you know that's that's like that that song about uh, is it broken glass on broken glass yeah, quality yeah. song quality the thing, the thing with that that album is you know malevolence always been a metallic hardcore band and um that's that's great but they've got this this sort of pantera crowbar type feel mixed in with it now and it gives them a, a completely different dynamic you know the, the second guitar player um conan his name um his clean vocals they just don't know, just offers something completely different they're just really fucking good at what they do yeah i think the production of that album is really big as well yeah. really yeah it sounds big. huge yeah but you know i think for me though in terms of like new music I've listened to, Malevolence is great, Grandma is great, and they're not 2022. But what I've got from this podcast the last nine months, I fucking love Power Trip and Lowest Creature are fucking awesome, and I really want to see these guys do well. And I'm gutted that Power Trip have lost their singer. Yeah, I, and I wish I'd, I, I'd wish I'd seen, I wish I'd like got to know that band like five years ago, because like their, their album like Hornet's Nest and Execution is tax and crucifixion. They are fucking great songs. Do you know what? Do you know what it reminds me of? The, the the song crucifixion. When you get to the middle part, it reminds me of like dead embry dead embryonic cells by Sepultura from the live. Um, is it the light um, under siege in Barcelona? Because so I've got I've got the I've got the album version and I've got the live version on my Spotify playlist, and it's just that. They're so tight. It, it, the, the crunch is on, on that, that mid-range crunch. And it reminds you of like Kill Em All and like Ride the Lightning. And it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, it, it is a real shame. There's, there's been no talk of, of whether they're planning to carry on or what, you know? Well, they've got um, uh, the power trip actually going back to releases this year. So there's a band called Fugitive. Yeah, we, we, we me, myself and Ant have been talking about them. That's it, yeah. So that's um, one of one of the guys. I think it might be two. I'm not sure, but it's definitely one of the guys from Power Trip. Um, that's a pretty. That's a decent release. That's good, but well worth checking out. You know, that seems to be you know, one of the directions. I mean, I mean, I, 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 I'd give a shout out to like um, the, the band Hang 'Em High as well. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I had to listen to those when um, when you brought them up a couple of weeks ago. Good, but you see, like you know you've been opened up to a whole new world of, of, of wonderful crossover thrash in the last nine months. And there's just a plethora of bands like that out there. It's, it is very now, I think, that kind of sound, but there are some, some really great bands. And, and in the UK, there are, there's some great ones. You know, obviously, In Human Nature are one of them. Um, there's another band 
who just released an EP called Overpower. Same sort of thing, but very, very cool. And it's such a good sound. It just works. It's, it's got hooks. It's got riffs. It's got the full sort of package. So, you know, let's... let's, let's yeah, so, for example, um, the, the Grand Mal, Smash the Grave, great song. Seas of Glory, really liked. Um, I, I, I like Trevor's Head as well, B. I thought they were pretty cool. Um, and I really like Thundering Hooves. Yes. Um, and I've awesome got to say album. as well, the new, the, the new Carpenter Brute album is fucking awesome. Yeah, another one. I was listening to that before we came on the podcast, actually. And and I do like Parkway Drive. Like Glitch, Greatest Fear, like Napalm, Imperial Heresy, Great song. I, I, I find it, I, I do struggle when, when metal fans say they don't like Parkway Drive. Like if you're, if you're a Metallica fan or, or something like that, I can't see how you can dislike Parkway Drive. I mean, you, you, might, you might disagree with me, but they're just, they're just good metal songs. I, no I can understand. Yeah, yeah. And also, so just to round it off, I, kind of, I, I made a playlist of all the stuff you guys sent me. Um, Revocation, Lessons in the Occult Theft, great song. Love it. Um, I haven't listened to my, so much Shadows of Intent, but what, I, what I've listened to is okay. I, I, I need to go sit down and listen to that band. Yeah, they're, they're a great, they're all my top 10. And, then, and then, I'm sorry, the, the, the Halo effect. He's like, okay, it's like the Halo effect. Where the fuck was this for Reboot to remain? You know, it's just like, like, that's 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 good stuff. Yeah, like like yeah, the halo effect is good stuff. Um, if if this is the thing, if you can do that now, why weren't you doing it twenty years ago? Yeah, true. Look, they just wanted to go in a different direction, didn't they? You know, and but the, the new inflame stuff seems to be sort of a bit of an improvement. But I, no, we'll talk about that when it comes out in the new year because we'll we'll definitely have opinions on that. Always do. So, uh, and you were about to say. Yeah, I, I don't know with, with Partway Drive, I don't know if it's a case of like an old fan base unhappy with sort of a moving away to the more accessible direction, which seems to be a yeah, common yeah, thing. Yeah. But yeah, if you like, it seems Metalheads love classic rock. Yeah, They've yeah. got a decent classic rock vibe to this album. Christ, the title track, that's, your dad's going to like that. That, it's, that it's song, beautiful. I mean, I'm not comparing it standards wise, but that reminds me of Fade to Black. It's a very similar kind of structure. It's, it's a great. Yeah. The, 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 the thing that makes me laugh is when you look at Anthony right now, he, he's like a character from like with Nail and Have you been at the booze? No. Then why has my head gone numb? <laughs> I've, I've joined the podcast by mistake. <laughs> it's, it's I'm, about to roll, I'm, I'm about to roll a joint with 16 papers it, it's impossible to roll a joint with 16 papers it's impossible to roll a, roll a camera carrot without 16 papers Fuck Richard Griffith was like 35 when he did that <laughs> film Fuck, it really looks about 65 yeah um, terrible cunt um, I, I feel like I should just make a quick confession. I don't think I've ever knowingly heard a Parkway Drive song. Well, ever. there you go. There's some homework for you too. Oh, there's um, my homework. Where's Where's the stepping on point? Um, new album. Yeah, to be fair, it's accessible. And, and then work backwards. Yeah, it's That's very my stepping on point. very accessible. All right. And homework to be set. fair, I've gone back. I've gone back and listened to it so many times since it came out, and it hasn't. It wasn't out that long ago, and I, I still enjoy it now because it's just a good. Foot. It's great driving music, you know. It's that kind of thing. So, 
Um, Anthony, album of the year. We'll come back to him when he stopped dying. <laughs> Wolfman. I would say, um, actually, the, it'd be the new Lamb of God album, I think. Okay. Because I've, yeah, I've just listened to, it's what, I mean, my, I mean, my list that I've got of my top 10 is probably very close to like the Metal Hammer Music Radar top 10 of the year, but every album that I've got on there, like Ghost, um, uh, Devin Townsend, Lamb of God, Malevolence, they're all, they're, Every every one of those albums I've gone back and at least listened to, I, I mean, 10 to 20, you know, multiple, multiple times. All the other sort of underground stuff, it's amazing. Like, why I think I've got Woe in there as well, like in, the Inextrapolate Illusion, um, yeah, Shadow of Intent, stuff like that. They're right. But a lot of this, yeah, a lot of the stuff I've been listening to, all the sort of, I think I've been going for the quick fix, really. I think I, I've got I've gone as default to to get the 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 um the, you know the, just the, the the sort of motivational sort of I don't know. But it just um, yeah. In your cool. in your top ten, yeah. before you go on, I, talk yeah. to us about Polyphia, if that's how you say it, because I I heard a song a couple of weeks ago, and I think I messaged. Yeah. I don't I don't get it. What's what fuck's that all about? So these this falls under the gent genre, which actually gent is actually like a frenetic like like a chug of a guitar that's actually like a frenetic sort of spelling of it um this is where this is where lies all the this is like the new age shred stuff like this is like the like the the jazz fusion with it's basically like guitar shred with mixed with sugar. everyone that loves sugar basically yeah it's all like yeah, <laughs> yeah all okay, weird yeah. time signatures jazz harmony i have never guitar, heard Meshuggah, sure. and i don't plan on to Meshuggah. You, you might no, I would give Meshuggah. Oh. No, Meshuggah are the they're they're I think they're they're sort of that band. They're like tall or they're they're like the godfathers of they're just very intense and I think yeah, I mean they they are amazing. But the the I mean like animals as leaders, uh intervals, all instrumental widdly stuff, but actually very tastefully done. Polyphly, right. on the other hand, they they draw a lot of influence from pop music. Like, if you actually listen to the structure of their songs, it's quite not Justin Bieber, but just like that. Gen- it it's like a, they, they've got like a generic like pop. Like you're I'm trying to find a better, better uh, comparison, but you what know, about, like what about Black Lace? Black Lace. <laughs> Black Lace. <laughs> oh jeez. No, I mean like, but it's um, it's it. I think. Yeah, the, the rhythm, the rhythmic sort of that they they're very clever, they're overly clever with their rhythms. When it gets to put everything's over, like so the drummer's playing in 16-8, the guitar player is playing in 6-8, the you know, they're all playing different and everything's overlapping and it and it it feels like very cut and paste as well, the like the production of it. It just it's interesting. Have they and got any songs? I mean They've got a couple of songs. It I mean, sounds like music. This is going to sound really narrow-minded, but it sounds like music for musicians. It is to a point. I would, I would definitely agree with that because it's put out some really quite heavy-duty collaborations, haven't they? This year, like yeah. Steve Vai has featured on one of their tracks, and there's another one recently. I think who who they teamed up with for the second single. I don't, I can't remember. But there's some big names like mm. aligning themselves uh, with them, you know, which yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't get it, but then I'm an old yeah. fart and 
they're very i mean they're very i mean it's it i know it's clever but it's just yeah but it's it, it, it yeah it's they are they are very good but yeah it's 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 not for everybody i fully understand why you like it <laughs> I, I do get that yeah yeah um, if, yeah think with a bit of self-indulgent self-indulgent whittling it I, I will like so yeah going back to the lamb of god album now I, I i need to listen to that more i think i've only listened to yeah. it once all the way through i haven't given it anywhere near enough enough time yeah. again going back to bloodstock that that performance from them was so powerful yeah. that they they seemed hungry again and yeah and a lot of people are saying that's really come through on the album. They've gone back to basics and just doing a proper fucking Lamb of God album. I, I so regret not getting a ticket for the November tour, mainly because it's coming back in spring with Creator and Municipal, Municipal Waste, Waste. Yeah. and it's sold out. I will, um, I'll, I'll try and, uh, I'll, I'll try and sort that out. Can, can we please get on to Bell End of the Year? Now we'll get there in a minute. We will get there in a minute. Um, Bean, album of the year. Album of the year. God, I, I really struggle with like top tens. It's always a top 50. Um, <laughs> there's been a lot. It's, it's the whittling down process. But I think, you know, um, Wolfman, I think, mentioned it's it's those albums that you go back to, you know. So I think it's been a great year. And we, we can probably say this every year, but I do think it's been a great year for metal releases. But, you know, a lot of that stuff, as you're kind of trawling through it, um, there's you have to for something like this you've got to focus on the bands that you go back to and, and those albums that stick with you through the year i guess so i'll pick out a few to mention the first one i wanted to mention which just came up moments ago was creator so hey uber alice yep. came out and what fucking banger. banger yeah what has just a fantastic savage thrash album I, I for me the reason i wanted to talk about it was because it reminds me of um, conversations you guys have had in the past I've been listening to the podcast and particularly when the when the, the newest Megadeth album came out and there wasn't a lot of love for it in the room and that's fine and I completely agree with with kind of your assessment you know it's a very dry you know it's it's a flat sounding album as far as I'm concerned but the conversation you guys were having was around you know bands of that generation they're like legacy bands they're just going out there and they're just trading on their kind of past successes and I was like shouting you know, sh shouting into the ethos like, like fuck off, man! Creator have just dropped a, a, a wicked new album, and it just goes to show you can be that far into your career and you can still sound hungry. You can yeah. still sound like you give a shit. You can still sound like you've got something to give. Um, you know, hello. Are they are they hungry because they think they've still got something to prove? I don't I think. Just, I, I, I don't know. I don't think they have because since Enemy of God came out. They've just got better and better. Their later output is better than their early output. No, what I'm saying is, it's like you know, once you do, once you do a black album, and you've sold 16, 20 million albums worldwide, and you've toured the world, and you've basically got what you wanted in the start, which is you want to be rock gods, you want to be on the cover of every fucking magazine going, and you've had the kind of cultural penetration that you can walk into a restaurant and everyone knows who you are kind of thing well most people know who you are does that kill the desire or, or kill the creative impetus to prove yourself so it's like i mean creator are not going to sell they're not going to headline donington this isn't and i'm not criticizing them at all 
but those bands are still maybe to some extent they're like they 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 still got the ability to learn from their mistakes. Whereas a band like Megadeth and Metallica, they don't need to learn from their mistakes. They can drop a shit album and they're still going to sell 10 million copies. Or with Megadeth, they're still going to sell 3 million copies or 2 million or whatever, or 500,000. I mean, for fuck's sake, how many bands would like like to be in a position where they go, well, this is a shit album and it's going to sell 500,000 copies. It's going to get it's going to get a million plays on Spotify. You know, and, and it's just like, you know, does, does that have an effect? Does, oh, does, does, I think yeah, that, that ego, I'd say. Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 but, but, but the ego doesn't exist without the sales because these people are, are looking at things and saying, like, we get validation from how popular we are. And bands like Creator, for example, they may not be looking at it that way. They may, they may be just be looking at, this is the best album that we can make at that time, and if it, and we're, but we're not seeking external validation. We're not... We're not seeking um, people to be coming up to us in restaurants just going, oh, dude, you changed my life. You know? So it's like, whereas maybe a band like Metallica or Guns N' Roses or whoever are... Yeah, I mean, I don't... Actively, I, I, actively looking for that, that validation. I, I think the interesting thing for me is... Um, I mean, who knows what their motivation is, but I think certainly with, with creator, what's coming across to me is they just, they don't take any of the, any of their success for granted. You know, they still sound hungry. They still sound like they, you know, they want to give it their all. And then, you know, to throw like Metallica into the mix there as well. I mean, they've just put out a new single and do you know what? It sounds like they're pretty hungry for it as well. You yeah, know, I agree to, with that. Give, them, give them some credit. I think what they're putting out, uh, was it Lux Eterna, the, the, the single that they just dropped was it earlier this month? It was literally yeah. like a fortnight ago, something like that. Um, you know, they sound like they're having fun. Yeah. Whereas when I compare that to, to the, the record that Megadeth put out this year, it just sounds like... Uh, it's, I, it's... I, I, don't, I, I don't think Mustaine has got anything left to say. And I think one of the things I think the problem with, with, with Megadeth compared to Metallica, and it's very hard to get away from the comparison, you, you you can try and you can try and avoid it, but the, the and it's not even the fact that he was in the band. It's a it, it's because they're from the same scene. And Slayer and Megadeth and Metallica are always going to be compared by people like us, or, or by people that came before us because they were there at the time. Yeah, we're making that, different, we're making different comparisons though because like we just said, Creator are just still chucking out great albums, whereas Megadeth aren't. So yeah, that comes that, that's what? that's the most important point here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mustaine is phoning it in, and we'll get to Mustaine in a minute. He's phoning it in with Megadeth, and Creator are not. Creator are coming through a fucking wall with a fucking train. Yeah, I I think the flag on the front. Yeah, I think the frustrating thing on paper, if you look at Megadeth, the members they've got, like they've got Dirk, who's like a former member of um, Soilwork, who is phenomenal drummer. You got Kiko Loretto, or and Oh, don't hear the drop. That's it. Thank you. Um, yeah, on paper, you look at the. I'm wondering because I think the other thing I did sit here in interviews as well with, with that album in particular, I think the actual material is about four years old. Yeah. As well. So it's quite, quite over. I don't know. I think it depends on the, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm obviously, I, I, I'm not 
I'm not Dave Mustaine, but I'm just thinking maybe he's just like it got to a certain point where he's gone. Oh, he got to put maybe got even got frustrated with it and gone fuck it, just just get it out, just just get it get it gone and just get it done. Like it's you know for the sake of it. Yeah, and I think it. I think somebody potentially like Mustaine as well isn't open to criticism that much. The problem, yeah, the problem with Mustaine is that yeah. he is so he's gone from okay. So when Countdown to Extinction came from, mm. he did the MTV thing where he went to the Democratic conference in 1992, and he was he was a Democrat, right? And he was like, you know, choose or lose, blah blah blah, rock the vote, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But then we move forward 10, 20 years, and he's on fucking Alex Jones, and he's a conspiracy theorist, and he's into a QAnon, and he's into, like, um, whereas, and, and he's, he's flitted around, and he's got no fucking centre. Whereas at least Metallica have a consistent thread, and you can hold them to it. You can't hold Mustaine to anything. He fucking flits around the fucking chart, where there's, like... One of the things I don't like is the fact that he he's cozied up to people that are fucking repugnant. Mm. Like, mm. if if you want to get involved, if you want to be tagged as, have you ever have you ever actually seen the Alex Jones Infowars episode where Mustaine's on it? No, it's, it's, honest, gotta be honest, wouldn't be fucking interested anyway. No, it's fucking, I saw it. is disgraceful. It is nauseating. Well, I think I think where like, I think where we where we're going here, we're, we're we're stealing the thunder of a band that in the last twenty years have put out, you know, more great music than than Dave Mustaine has in in most of his career. So let's 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 fucking leave Mustaine because yeah, I'll have a dig at him in a minute and go and go back to a creator and actually what was good about this year. Yeah, I think someone wants to talk about Bell End of the Year a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, it's coming. Not yeah. bell end of the year. Being sorry, go on. Oh shit! Right, yeah, of course. Where were you? Um, so I so I talked about so creators been yeah. So that's a celebration as far as I'm concerned. But okay, so the the album that has really really hit me square between the eyes um, in terms of like metal stuff um, has been Worm Rot and Hiss. Oh which are um, incredible grindcore band. And it, well, I wouldn't say it came out of nowhere. I mean, there was some anticipation that they were going to drop a, a new album this year. And it's just front to back quality. It sounds great. The production is amazing. It's got, you know, a really clear, crisp production, but without sounding, you know, overproduced or too yeah. dry or anything like that. It still sounds like a band absolutely hammering it out. You know the energy levels are there. The um, the enthusiasm that you know comes across in the songs. It's fucking batshit crazy. You know it's going. It's not just out and out. I think it's really difficult sometimes to make a grindcore album sound interesting, right? Because generally speaking, it's just like off you go, and it's everything's at you know two hundred miles an hour, and it's kind of done and dusted in a few minutes. Whereas that's all happening you know, on this album, but also they've put other colours in there. There's other stuff. There's little bits that, you know, prick your ears up, take your interest, draw you in. Um, in some ways, bits of it remind me of 
um, the recent Mr. Bungle output, you know, when they've kind of gone back to their thrash roots and there's yeah. just a lot of ideas just shooting off in a lot of different directions. That's going on. That was um, a solid album, that. But it's, yeah, that was great. That was another one. Um, my guess, yeah, that was last year, wasn't it? Last year, yeah, I think, yeah. Um, so Worm Rot's Hiss has been, you know, if I had to, if you had to tell me I could only have one album, that would be, that would be the one. Um, well, at least, at least the Worm Rot album doesn't take you long to listen to. No. <laughs> Was it clock in there about 20 minutes? Okay, it's there's more, there's yeah, there's more time given to it than that, but um it's it's fucking great. So that's that's been a huge one for me. Fair play. Something a bit um a bit more uh, or a bit less less mainstream. Um Anthony, are you um have you stopped dying now? I I can stop dying for the next 10 minutes, yeah. Yeah, if you can, that would be that would yeah. be convenient. Um I'll I'll count down my top three actually. I think some of the um, my top ten is made up of by a few bands mentioned so far. So fair play. Uh number three, Carpenter Brut, Leviterra. Yep. Um I needed that album this year. Um I love that band. Um I mean whatever you want to call them. I mean, who who can drop an album that ends with an almost popular take on black metal um, after you've already done one of the best electro 80s disco tracks of the year. Oh, um, lipstick, lipstick Masquerade. Lipstick, lipstick Masquerade, yeah. Fucking great song. And this is after the sort of one, two, um, Day Stalker Night Prowler sort of rave up. Yes, it just yes. Builds, builds, awesome. and builds and builds and builds. It's just, I, I, and I'm, so, I'm really angry about the vinyl because you've got two, you've got two LPs in that set. Yeah. And the first and and that first first part of that one too ends side B, and you've got to yeah. change fucking LPs. Yeah. So I just so I had to get that off my chest. Apart <laughs> from that, number three, great. Um, number two, number two was my number one for a bit. Um, and it was pipped at the post. Um, but this was an album I've listened to a lot this year. Um, and I'd said earlier, it's not a classic. It's not going to change the world, but it's good fun. Um. But it was going to hit my number one because it was the album I kept listening to most this year and probably enjoyed the most. And that's Turbo Rider by Reckless Love. Yes. Just, oh, it's me all over. 80s-tastic. I forgot about that. Yeah. Just good fun. Just glam metal meets synth wave. It's, yeah. yeah. Like I said, I wouldn't, wouldn't have even come across it if Bones from Tailgun, I hadn't mentioned it in the podcast. So, you know, big thanks there. But yeah, that's just a great, fun album. Yeah, you know, I completely but, but forgot about that one. It's you know, it's not even just for metalheads. It's just the whole vibe of it is just a, a great. I mean, I kind of just, if I can if I can get away with playing a couple of tracks at a party, I, I would. In fact, I should have put it on the bloody playlist for the Krampus Rumpus. Forgot. Yeah, that's not that's not an album I know. So that's one for me to go and listen to. Good fun. One, so, it's, reckless it's, love, reckless love in their early days were just like a, a, a you know a cock rock throwback kind of band. Yeah. And after that debut album, I personally hadn't listened to anything they'd done. And then Bones brought up this this new album, and it and it is it's it's just so fucking good, and I can't believe I've forgotten about it. Yeah, easily done. But yeah, my number one number one was one of the one of those albums that I sort of tried to sort of um, give a give a go before before all these lists were collated. Um, and it's it's an album that. I wouldn't, it, it didn't make me go wow the first time I, I listened to it, but it made me stop what I was doing because it was just very fresh to my ears. It sounded fresh and unique. Um, and it had a lot of influences I recognised, but it was just doing something with all those influences that I've not heard before. Um, so my album of the year is Loud Arriver 
by Sonia. Ah. Not the Liverpudlian pop starlet from the late 80s. Yes. Um, this okay. is a band fronted by Melissa Moore, who yep. used to be the guitarist in a black metal outfit, Absu, and was uh, allegedly kicked out when she came out as transgender. Um, I, she... didn't, I didn't know about the link with Absu. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's nothing, it, well, it's not absolute, it's not black metal. Um, the, the, the comparisons when I first read about it before I listened to it was, it was, um, it was very 80s, a bit, bit glam metal, bit heavy metal, bit speed metal. Yeah. Um, I, I disagree with that. There's elements there, but this, it feels a very um, unique approach to those things. Um, there's no big choruses for a start. But what you've got is you've got this really sort of seedy vibe that I think maybe sort of explains the glam metal stuff. Um, it's, there's a very, very, yeah, there's a sort of dark underbelly to it. But it feels to me like a 90s hard rock band, a 90s indie rock band, playing various 80s, 80s stuff. So there are there is that riffage that you recognise from the 80s. Um, but you've got a bit of Susie and the Banshees there, a bit of um, the cult, the cure little bit of a gothic thing going on i definitely i definitely hear the cult it's it, definitely yeah it's a very insidious album um it gets under your skin but it just feels really it doesn't sound like anything i've heard before um and it's one of just you know it's, it's brought me back just because i want to listen to it again and um it's, it's going to be one of those i think sort of over the years that just i keep coming back to um so yeah i think that gets my my vote that one came out of left field again I, I listened to that this year but I, I maybe it didn't click maybe i didn't give it enough time but i you know i think i'll have to go back and, and give it another I think it needs i think it needs actually some like direct attention yeah um actually listen to it properly just to try and find those influences i prom i promise i will listen to it properly i will not be distracted by anything around me i will listen to it properly it, it's very me um all right, so I, I, well, I'll do a top three as well then, if that's the case. Um, I'll throw in a couple of honourable mentions that haven't been brought up so far. Um, off, for one, free LSD. That is fucking brilliant. It's not metal, it, it's hardcore essentially, but Keith Morris from Circle Jerks and Black Flag. So fucking good, that is. Can't that's wait my to see top there. That made my top ten, that record. Absolute storm of an album. Proper, proper fucking hardcore. Love that. A um, couple of British bands as well. Thunder and Who's been mentioned already. That's a brilliant piece of work. That proper fucking black metal. They do it so well. Uh, and the Vacuous album as well. That's another one. Um, I think it was uh, it was Chris from Human Nature that sort of mentioned them and went away and had a listen. It didn't again. Didn't click at first, but the more I've listened to them, there's so much going on. You know, it it's sort of coined as like an old school death metal band, but it, it's it's way more than that. There's just so much going on in the mix. So. Um, but top three. So number three, the Devon Townsend light work, because yeah. it was like being cuddled. <clears throat> um, yeah, just 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 so nice. It was so beautifully produced. Great songs, just so catchy. And you know, Devon Townsend is just I don't know. Has he ever really put out anything poor? <laughs> he might have had a few duff moments, maybe. But I, I struggle with Ziltoid. Yeah, right, so Ziltoid's a bit a bit self-indulgent and a bit out there, but when you think about his entire back catalogue and how interchangeable it is and, and everything that's going on, I mean, it was Wolfman. You know, when we first met, you got me yeah. into Devin Townsend with the Ocean Machine album. 
yeah and life that song it just that's what that's what did it and i think lightworks got a very similar feel to that song yeah it's very upbeat, very positive you know and yeah, way, think... how shit things are at the minute having something that's that positive mm. it's, it's nice it's nice it's good yeah that was it. I think Moon People, when that was when I first heard that, it just made me smile. Yeah, it was really nice. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. And you know, he's he's already said like his next album is going to be very much death metal. So mm. it's it's almost like whatever mood hits him, and he just seems to bang out this material. And one man should not be able to produce that much material at that level. It shouldn't be possible. Now, my top two, like Anne. I was very torn over the top two, um, but I think one did just pip it eventually. Every time I go back and listen to it, it, it just kind of nailed it. So number two uh, is Dava through sheer will and black magic. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was wondering. I knew that would be in your top two because... Completely out of nowhere. The yeah. only reason I listened to it in the first place was because scrolling through new releases on a Friday on Apple Music, it was there, and the artwork was just... Nuts, absolutely nuts. And even though it's this tiny little square on the screen, you know, I thought, oh, listen to that. First listen, yeah, like this. Kept going back, going back. Fuck me. What an album. That's how you do black metal in the 21st century. It is an incredible piece of work. Absolutely incredible piece of work. Yeah, I'd second that. I'd say I didn't put on my top 10 list, but only because I don't think I've given it quite enough mileage um to see but every time i've gone to it it's just knocked me down it sounds huge as well doesn't it yeah yeah i think i think that's an album if it came out earlier in the year and i discovered discovered it earlier in the year i'd have given it more of a chance and yeah there, there, there's a bit of that we had only been out a few weeks isn't it but um but yeah that's my number two just a stunning stunning piece of work and just proof that that black metal now is, is you know if anything some of the black metal that's around now like Dave, like Thundering Hooves, like Spectral Wound, it's, it's, it's really strong. But it's not just noise, there's songs in there. So even though it's still got a bit of a raw feel, it's, it's, there's songs and it's, I don't know, it's, it's, quite, it's, it's quite exciting. Yeah, that, so, which is exactly how I feel about that Wormrot album as well. You know, there are just songs in there. It's fucking yeah. chaos, but it just draws you in. There's, there's something there that just, just keeps you there, holds you. If you haven't got songs, what's what's the point isn't it so so yeah so my number one album and uh the one that just picked it because you know i've listened to this so much and i, I just enjoy it every single time um is ruby the hatchets fear is a cruel master what an album it's only like eight or nine songs i think but you know very sort of like bands like lucifer and, and blues pills that kind of thing i discovered them i think late last year i think it was um, thought they were very cool, but this this new album, she's got such strong vocals. But this is the first album where it's coming through, you know, really clear. It's, it's sort of you know it's where it needs to be. It's not being sort of buried amongst sort of quite heavy bluesy riffs, and um, and it's it's just it's <laughs> great artwork as well. Love it. it's very cool. Everything about it, hands down, album of the year. Well, hands down, just Pip Dava. But I think. The reason it pips Dava is because I suppose it's just more easy to listen to and more easy to enjoy. Whereas stuff like Dava, you've got to be in the mood for that. With Ruby the Hatchet album, I can listen to regardless. Yeah. And that's the difference. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Brilliant, brilliant album. Um, right. We've got three more left. And I know Padre wants to talk about Bell End of the Year, but you, you, you've got limited time. <laughs> 
So go on. Who's your bell end of the year? Metal bell end of the year. I can't. I I I can't make make up my mind between Mustaine and fucking uh, Rob Flynn. I mean, I, I think it's Mustaine. I think it's just like it, it's 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 almost like it, it's like it, it it's turning to a toxic relationship because like I'm like I'm like I'm like the abused partner. Stop! Just stop making new albums. You can't do it anymore. Be a legacy band. Play the first five or six albums and be done with it. Like. You, you've got nothing to say, and what you've got to say doesn't resonate with anyone anymore. It, it, or if it resonates with people, it's the wrong fucking people you want it to resonate with. Like, you know, like, like I mean, I, I mentioned Infinite Wars earlier. You want to cozy up to that cunt? Like, like oh, Sandy Hook was a, was, 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 a, was a facade. And it's just like you're a conspiracy theorist. And like, when you when you were writing songs like The Conjuring and, and, and P-Cells and um, hook and mouth and stuff, you know, that kind of resonated with people because it was like, you've got, yeah, yeah, hook and mouth is about the PMRC, right? And and that resonates with metal fans because it's like you're trying to censor stuff and you shouldn't censor stuff. But but then again, you, you, you've got to make the argument for when he gets to the point where he's cozying up with fucking Alex James from Infowars, so, I'm sorry, censor that shit. I don't want to hear it. I'm not, I'm not interested. And you, you, you've, you, you have, let yourself down. He's almost like the ultimate warrior of fucking metal. He's gone batshit crazy. He's gone batshit crazy. He has gone batshit crazy. What what stops him from then becoming some kind of like dinner fucking uh, $2,000 a plate, like, you know, whack job fucking after dinner speaker? Um, I, but at the same time, you feel guilty because you, you, you keep coming back for more. And you're like, what's he going to say next? You know, mm. and you're just like, oh, Rob, Rob, Rob said it great months ago that he should be headlining Donaldson. He should be, and he's, he's made bad decision after bad decision after bad decision. And this revolving door guitar player, bass player, drummer, doesn't do him any favours because all it does it supplants his fucking ego. A load of yes men. Yeah. Yes, and it's like it's like you work for a, you, you work for a company, and then the company that you've always wanted to work for comes and offers you a job, but you can't say shit. But you take it because it's five grand a week, three grand a week, whatever it is, whatever it is that they're paying you. And you're like, I'm going to put up with it, but then it grinds you down after a while. And he, what he does is he takes these great musicians and he spits them out the other side. Yeah. And, and and it's just like, do you know what? You are a fantastic guitar player, but you are not the best ever. In fact, there have been guitar players in that band that have been clearly better than you. Fucking listen to them. I, I think I, 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 I sent you, the, you guys the links to the Jeff Young podcast. And Jeff Young was saying, like, he goes... He wouldn't even let me use my own amps. He was dictating to me what pedals I was going to use and what amps I was going to use and what filters I was going to use. And you're just like, if you're going to hire guitar players, let them do what they want to do. Yes, of course, you're going to say, I've written, I've written this song and I, 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 this is my vision. But tell me what you think. Otherwise, you're right, Steve. It's like, you, you just want to hire yes men. And... 
and I think and I think that that's that's the tragedy of it. It's that we've we've got to the point where it's not. It's like Chris Jericho says in his book. It's not Megadeth. It's Mega Dave. Yeah, it is. It, it, it has it, been for it's years. Just him. Has been for years. I think. I think that's a really interesting thing because if you think about, you know, the other thing that we all get into, you know, as music fans, fans of metal that have been into it for years and years and years and years, you know, we talk about bands and kind of acknowledge as part of the thing, you know, the 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 members, the chemistry between the members, you know, the stories. You think of a band like Metallica, say for instance. It, uh, for instance, you know, there's a whole story about the people that are in that band and the different, um, you know, the, the different relationships um, that they had. You, know, you could say the same thing about Iron Maiden, you know, there's a story there, whoever, you know, that doesn't exist in a band like Megadeth anymore. You know, it's just one man and some men that he's hired to do a job for him. There's none of that, that chemistry, that camaraderie, that... Um, <sighs> You know, a story that you can kind of get involved in and and relate to, and yeah, yeah, and and, and it's like it's like you play in Megadeth because you want to build your CV. Oh, I I fucking played in Megadeth for two years, so I could put up with a lot of shit. And so, so, so you get into a job interview. Tell me about your last job. How did you deal with conflict? Well, I just fucking I, I left. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you, I think you need to get off the fence a little bit. Yeah. Do you, do you? I mean, the thing is, I'm not surprised he's got to this point because if you consider his career, he's always been a bit of a, a libertarian sort with the classic American distrust of government ramped up to a very high scale. And he's processed that for his music. And we've had some great music over the years. And it's been, but it's been a continuous theme, far more than the other bands who have been much more allegorical, um yeah you know in, in their ways and I, I i'm making no defenses at all here but considering where the usa has gone in the last few years i'm kind of not surprised he's ended up at this point because if anyone was going to go down this route it was going to be him now had had america gone down a different route he might not have gone that far he might have you know he'd been on the fringe and whatnot yeah, yeah, i don't yeah. know but it doesn't the, surprise the me problem I don't. I, I don't think it was inevitable. I, I don't because because he was clearly on one side of the fence in the eighties, and he's clearly gone over to the other side of the fence. So what has happened in that meantime to make him go over to the other side of the fence? Um, and, and it's like metal bands. Like if you look at the eighty-eight to ninety-two period, um, Justice for All was very much an album about the, dis, the, the disenchanted. The disenfranchised and uh, like short destroy justice for all those two songs particularly but you know Hetfield doesn't go around talking about politics and like what gives you what do you think that gives you credence that you can talk about politics you're a fucking heavy metal musician and a lot of this stuff and you go back and you read interviews that he did and he is someone that is clearly desperate for people to think that he is intelligent. Mm. And I will cite a specific example. So when I, and Steve knows this, when, when we used to go to Lost in Music in Campbell. Who? Trigenza, sorry. There's no Steve on this podcast. <laughs> I, I basically bought like 30 copies of like Kerrang! and Raw. Raw magazine is a magazine that doesn't exist today. But back in the, in the early 90s, it did. It was like it was like the it, 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 it was like there was Kerrang and there was War magazine. 
And I I I, I bought loads of back copies and you know, you go through and you read them and Mustaine's like you know, what's your favorite book? Oh uh, Il, Il Principe by Machiavelli. And you're just like you're being a bit of a pretentious twat there. It's the Prince. It's by Machiavelli. Oh, what's your other favourite book? Oh, um, that's from Shavatusta by Nietzsche. Okay, so you seem desperate to present this idea that metal fans are not stupid, and that is basically the Peace Cells album to a fucking T. Secret what Diary of mean- Adrian Mole. I just want to get that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you mean I don't support your system? I go to court when I have to. That's the fucking lyric. And you just like you've got you've got not, thirty seconds to make you close the statement before I shoot you. <laughs> we're metal fans. We're not stupid. We we get that there's a system, and we get that we're out out of the system. But we don't go around with sandwich boards trying to tell everyone that we're more intelligent than you are. And that's mistake. That's his modus operandi. And he's gone down a fucking rabbit hole. He's gone down a rabbit hole. It makes me think of Harry Enfield. I'm considerably richer than you, or considerably <laughs> more intelligent than you. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, he, he just, he needs to be, yeah, he, he needs a bit of an ego check and a bit of a, he just needs to be a bit more self-critical of what he's doing and just like, you know, call it, call his own, call his own bullshit out. He's old enough and ugly enough to, you know, to, yeah. to know when something's good, not, not, not try and delude himself that it is because it's just like, it's just not. <laughs> Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. Anyway. Just, be- just yeah. before we formally award the Bell End of the Year um, uh, trophy, though, um, I feel at this point we should mention John Schaffer. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was, waiting for someone, I was waiting for someone to bring that prick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, surely, well. surely he's in there as a contender. He gets it for two years. Yeah. Still, he's still, still not been seen. Has anyone heard? No, no. We've um, we've sent another search party out. Been round to Nuge's house. He's, he's not. He's actually not a Nuge's house either. So he's probably got a cave somewhere in the um, Rockies. Yeah. Is, is, like is, is in, he's in. He's in Messina eating arancini. <laughs> One of my students swore to God that he saw the movie. No, he's he's in hiding somewhere. So yeah, he he's a contender. Um, and I think that's that was what Ant was going to bring to the table. And I. <laughs> And I think uh, being a Wolfman, you'll you'll join me in saying DJ Soundwave is also oh yeah Jesus. a big contender. Oh God! Um, well, I think well, I would yeah. in 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 his not to, think in hindsight purely because of his age and probably immaturity as well. Didn't I mean not honest to God, it, uh, Padre. I'd say if you saw this guy, he was probably early twenties and just literally just threw his toys out the pram. And was just a, just a, so, just, so where was this? This was this was a this was a bloodstock. Was a, was a bloodstock. Was he was he was DJing after the bands in the in the tent. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember you yeah, saying yeah. Main, noise abatement. Main DJ set, I think it was a Saturday night. Yeah, um, clearly a big moment for him. Um, yeah. he, you know, he made that known <laughs> on the on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Now, so in a nutshell, essentially, and to like anyone that might be listening to this that was at Bloodstock, you know, you may or may not have been there, but anyway. Yeah, we had, we had a brilliant night, a brilliant day, a few drinks in the bar afterwards. <clears throat> DJ Soundwave was the, the entertainment for the evening. So he's playing his tunes. Now, essentially what happened was I, the, the event got shut down. So I think it was due to finish at three in the morning or something like that. And yeah, he was yeah. told, you got to finish at two. I, yeah. I think there was a few stories about um, like residents, local residents. Had, yeah, had, that was it. 
So they're taking. Is, is, this, is this the cunt that turned around and said it's always been his dream to play at Bloodstock? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. That's the one. So he was basically. T- now, my understanding of this, or my, how I read the situation was, you know, the, the Bloodstock organizers were taking it seriously because I expect there's kind of all sorts of licensing things yeah, yeah, tied yeah. up in, you know, you don't want to upset the people that live in the area. I'm sure there's some kind of agreement with them all. But anyway. Um, but yeah, to say this guy had a tantrum is a fucking understatement. I mean, he <laughs> he was tearing up his so he had his set list and he was just t- he sort of tore that up and he threw it out into the crowd. He was crying on stage. He was um, like messing around with the volumes and the faders on the mixing desk, just like you know this kind of belligerent fucking shit up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, there's Wolfman, Tregenza, and myself just standing there with a beer each, watching all of this unfold on the stage. <laughs> He was being consoled by the, um, uh, you know, the stage crew who were there, just, you know, they had their arms around him and it's like, don't worry, you can come back next year. You know, they even made an announcement on the microphone. It's like, we're going to ask him back. He'll be here again. We're, we're sat there with our pints thinking, fuck off, will he be here again? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> lucky I was in there. Fuck yeah. that shit. Maybe, maybe he's not, um, he's not so much bell end of the year because of the emotion involved. Maybe he's tit of the year. Maybe he's just sort of one level down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, no hard feelings. I guess you had to feel no, sorry. No, absolutely not. And you know what? To be, to be fair, he was playing some good tunes. It was, it was a, quite a decent mix of sort of some classics and you know some cheeky be, stuff and that. He did, to be fair though, he loved a filter. He he was like yeah. He was trying to make like for whom the bell toll sound like fucking I don't know like some sort of dance song yeah like with all these silly little filters he's trying to be like MC was it DJ Scooter or whatever <laughs> bollocks when you when you're playing metal to a crowd like that you just need to yeah. play the songs yeah hit play and just let us yeah let, let us yeah. enjoy the tune and a yeah. bit of a G up to the crowd and whatnot but just just yeah. play the tunes and, and you know every other night was 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 great fun in, in the tent wasn't it yeah. Yeah, it was, and we, we, we was just a bit of a letter. Oh, I'll tell you what, actually, for, I would say new I just cat new category. That guy that was dressed up as a dinosaur, and there was that pit. I can't remember what song it was. That was amazing. I wish I'd well, yeah, I yeah, yeah, we, we could have circle pit of the year, and I think yeah. the dinosaur goes in there, but also yeah. Springoy is set with the slowest circle oh, yeah. pit in existence yeah. Yeah. and literally having someone eating their chips in slow motion as they were going around this this um this circle pit yeah both of those i mean bloodstock yeah, and down surely for pit pit action yeah just, just was... yeah just just overall it was you know it was just such a great weekend wasn't it so mm. you know it's uh yeah yeah fond memory so look we, we will we will formally award dave mustaine with bell end of the year and we will give dj soundwave tit of the year and uh, and and you know some a, a certain level of forgiveness because he was clearly excited to be there. So there's nothing wrong with that. But it was funny. I mean, we're all excited to be there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So the last one we'll do we'll do metal band of the year. Um. But I think Seems Mustaine has already picked up one award. Um. I have a special award which I will name the Klansman Award. For dullest band of the year, and for me, that's Megadeth for that album. Has anybody got anything else to bring to the party? No, I'd agree with that. There's no other. Yeah, I've no. got. Yeah, I've got no challenges to that. I'm just yeah. the cogs are turning. I'm just trying to think. I mean, I guess 
if a band's that dull, I just move on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, that, and that's that's exactly what we're going to do. So if everyone's in agreement, there you go. Mustaine picks up two. Prick. So, <laughs> band of the year, and I'd, I'd like if we can to try and come to one agreement on who we think that is for for whatever reason it may be, whether it's great album, great live gig, an overall package, whatever it may be. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm going to throw Malevolence into the mix. Purely because of the year they've had um, and the, 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 the years they've put into it previously, and they're now seeing the fruits of their labour. Um, for me, I think they've had an absolute barnstorm of the year, and 2023 will probably be even better. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, great album, great live band. You know, they, yeah, I think it's sort of like yeah, you can see that it's it's that they're well. It's you can tell they've worked very hard for it, and they're just yeah, overall just very good band. Really, yeah, they're, they're, I think their their response to to the crowd at Bloodstock, you know, and and the little quote from um, from Alex about his mum, you know, and all that kind of stuff. It was all they're very, in the audience. Yeah, mum and dad yeah, were there. Yeah, yeah, it was um, it was all very positive and. And yeah, it's sort of taking them to the next level. So, Anthony, any anything else to throw in the mix? I'm I'm struggling really, just because I think it's one of those sort of um, awards. You, you got to be up. You got to be up there. And I'm I can't really think of anyone who has had such a big year across the board for different reasons. I, I, I'm not going to disagree with Malevolence. I, you know, I know. I mean, it's a good it's a good album, and I know that they've sort of been doing well with the tours and stuff and they're, they're going to go far um and i just yeah i think in terms of high profile stuff i can't really think of anyone um that's made made an impact but that's just because I, i've been spreading myself in that's exactly the word i think and it, it's impact and they've definitely made an impact this year a massive impact i would agree um, i would i would give them the top prize definitely um but i, I it feels like a good so for me my like band of the year um like i want to bring in um i've really enjoyed like most of my listening has been dominated this year by an album that's probably not doesn't quite fit into the metal category so that's why i've sort of steered clear of it but i want to give mention to the fact that i've just i've really enjoyed the return of the red hot chili peppers this year so for me and it's a you know it's a personal thing i am a huge john frusciante fan so he's come back into the band uh into the band and they put out two albums this year so two two double albums um and it's been great i've you know it's something about the chemistry in that band with uh john frusciante back flea is playing bass to a level that i mean like he's always been a fantastic bass player you know i don't think that's there's 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 no doubts about that but on these records he's just hit another gear like he's kind of transcended something and he's playing um is phenomenal across those records so i've dug into both of those really deep and i've kind of shared that experience with my kids as well because you know they're at that age where they're getting into music and you know they've really lent into those records as well so it's been a real bonding thing for all of us as we kind of gone through this year just kind of sharing our thoughts about that album um so while i you know i'm not going to give them any prizes because you know fuck it they've they've had enough awards over the years and stuff like that but i just i just wanted to acknowledge that you know my personal band of the year I'm going to put the Red Hot Chili Peppers up there. I'm just happy to have them back, happy to be enjoying their music again because they, they'd gone into that fucking Coldplay zone um, and I'd written them off. 
I'd completely written them off. And that, yeah, they've always going back into the 90s, always been one of my favorite bands. So for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna call them my band of the year. But for the purpose of this man, malevolence, get my full support, give them the award. Fucking sweet. And I fair play on the chili peppers. I mean, I've been a fan of the chili peppers for years, but um you can't forget that they're now 60 and up, which is, yeah. which, is which is mental when you think about it. Yeah, and I saw, and I went to the um, they played at the Millennium Stadium, so that was a summer gig, stadium gig in the summer, and it was fantastic, absolutely fantastic. You know, there's again, it's one of those performances where they're not phoning it in; they're giving it everything. Yeah, yeah. And so, if if a band of that of that age and that far into their career, like you said about career, can still do it, then so can everybody else, <clears throat> Dave. <laughs> um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, the one I want to finish on just before we go and go off and enjoy Christmas and all that shit. Uh, shout out for an underground band of the year. I think that we, we, we've all sort of, you know, anybody wants to throw anything into the mix, just one of those bands. We, we've been featuring underground bands for the last sort of five or six weeks, but one of those bands that's not quite out there yet, you know, independent, playing pubs, whatever it is, um, but an underground band that's really stood out for you in 2022. If anyone. Well, for me, we've already mentioned them. I think Vacuous are the band that I just really want to give, just shine a spotlight on. And I think they're making great music. I think that, you know, they're a young band. What they're doing is world-class, you know, great death metal music. And I think actually that's like the UK death metal scene has really flourished in the last couple of years, you know, coming out of the pandemic, out of lockdown. And it's just, it feels like it's just hitting this really, really healthy um yeah it's, it's in a really healthy place and yeah. i think to us one of the bands i just want to shine a spotlight on and say yeah watch those guys you know go and see them um buy the albums they're yeah. definitely worthy worthy of your listening time they are um they're playing uh the new cross in in may i believe as part of a death metal all day or so um in london that is sorry a bit london centric but yeah um yeah i i, I would agree with that i think it's it's, it's a great album um I think for me, underground band of the year, weird, I would probably give it to Tail Gunner. I think what we were saying before, that band are going places. And, and I don't know, some bands that are that early in their, their career and are that polished could get some abuse, but they just do it very well. And the songs, the five songs that they've released this year are proper fucking banging metal anthems. And you, you, can't, you can't argue with that. So... It's, it's it's them closely followed by uh, a death metal band that kind of came to the fore this year from Birmingham, Iron Tomb, who released an EP earlier this year on Mercenary Press. Um, that's fucking brilliant as well. So I think they could have a strong near, year next year. So that's my two for the mix. Um, yeah, I'd say tell, yeah, my favourites underground bands, Tailgunner. Just shoot on that that performance as well. Yeah, we, we saw at the Dev and just yeah, just and just their EPs that they brought out were really good. So yeah, looking forward to the new one in the new year. They've got such a confidence about them as well, haven't they? <clears throat> yeah. You know, and um and they got the, the the full the full image, the full look. Yeah. Um, I think that kind of rounds it up. It's uh I think it's been a decent year, you know. Yeah. Padre's leaving us, as he usually does on a Friday night. Go on then, get out. <laughs> Go, be gone. <laughs> be gone. Go, child. No, 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 no. I'll stay. I'll stay. No, no. <laughs> wrap it up, wrap it up. Um, you know, 
I don't want to get too sentimental or whatever, but um, it's been fun this year. It started off as a bit of an experiment, see if we can get Padre listening some new music and and whatever I, else. I, and, uh, I, you've you've done well. We we have. I, th- I think we. I think we've achieved, to be honest with you, with some of the stuff that you've discovered this year. So um, I'm proud of that. Um, and onwards and upwards into 2023. Um, in January, we've got a couple of interviews coming up. Um, Hell Ripper so will be joining in, us. In, in Jack, just shut the fuck up. What's I, I should be listening to bands that, that, that played I'm, stuff in 1996. I'm going to mute you. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in January, we've got Hell Ripper joining us. Um, uh, he just dropped a new single and a new album coming out in the new year. Um, and Raptor, uh, Argentinian, Spanish. Uh, sort of new wave of traditional heavy metal band, they'll be joining us as well. So I think those will be uh, those will be a lot of fun, and we have loads of other guests and loads of other cool stuff going on in the new year as well. So yeah, looking forward to it, gentlemen. Thank you for your efforts. Thank you. Even, even thank oh, you. thank you for inviting us. All. Thank you. For, um, make it, keep um, get us involved. So thank you. No, it's been, it's if, been if Wolfman comes on four times in twenty twenty three, that's three times too many. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> it's been a pleasure. It has been a pleasure. It's been it's been emotional. And uh, everyone have a good Christmas. And uh, may may Santa bring many vinyl records and other such delights. Whiskey and whiskey. Can, can I can I just? I'll cure my sore throat. This is this is what kills me about Italians, right? So they get fucking Bobo Bobo Natale. On the twenty fourth, and then on the sixth of January, Epiphany, they get a fucking witch that flies down their chimney and get, and it's called La Banafra. And I'm like, how many fucking deliveries do you fucking need? Because when I order a mop off Amazon, it takes fucking six weeks. To- <laughs> <laughs> you have to leave a mince pie out for the witch. Fucking <laughs> okay, no. no, no, for La Banafra, you have to fucking. Leave fucking anti-pasta. On that note, let's call it a night. Uh, Thanks everyone for listening. Have a good Christmas and uh, we'll see you in 2023. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.